This is Word Radio. On this episode of Warbird Radio, we're talking to one of the guys that I think is probably one of the most fun guys in the Warbird business to be around. I'm talking about Randy Larson. Randy flies all kind of airplanes. I've seen him fly P-82s, twin Mustangs, of course. Uh, P-40 was the airplane that I think of him flying the most from his early days. And we met at a place that is truly legendary when it comes to Warbirds. The place? Well, you might have never heard of it. It's in Monaville, Texas. It's Bomber Field. And back back in the day, we not only had Russian bears in the sky, we had two B-29s that flew regularly, a passel of B-17s, fighters galore, all of this operating off of a 500-foot runway. Now, now it's expanded. How does this happen? Of course, these are scale model warbirds, complete with pyrotechnics and everything at this show. And Randy Larson, the ringleader of the Texas Warbird Thunder Team, joins me on this episode. Randy, how you doing? Doing great, Matt. Thanks for having me on. I'll never forget watching you and your dad out there flying together, just having a blast. And you always uh, have just exuded fun. I mean, I, I've never seen you with a without a smile on your face uh, when you're flying. Oh, we've always always had a blast. My dad was uh, he was he was the one that actually got me into flying himself. He years and years ago he. Uh, uh, learned how to fly at a local club in Alvin, Texas there. And he helped, uh, actually, uh, helped him with their runway. And then he kind of transitioned into warbirds and got my attention. And he said, Hey son, I need to take you to an event in a little town called Monaville, Texas. And let's go see some really big warbirds. I had never, never heard of it, never seen anything about it. I didn't know how to fly. didn't know anything about airplanes and what a life changer that was. My goodness. Well, for you and me both, I mean, growing up down in South Texas, flying the scale stuff and, and just being around, being around the, the, you know, the RC stuff, it's such an on-ramp for people who want to go on and maybe have a flying career. I mean, it, it really is the gateway into so much more because you can't go fly a P-40 when you're 15, but you can fly one uh, that's maybe fifth scale. And that's that- pretty cool. Oh, it is crazy. It's, it's amazing. Some of the, the young guys now, like, uh, mentioned their names, Grant Schroeder and, uh, Mace Noonan, th- those guys that, that fly with us, uh, they've both started out and actually Grant Schroeder has gone on into a, uh, aeronautics field. I think he's uh, becoming some kind of aircraft engineer and that guy's an amazing RC pilot. And that's how he got started. Him and his dad, great guys to watch you they ever get a chance to see them fly at one of these events that those young guns are they're they're amazing to watch <laughs> yeah, they really are they're fun to watch i remember when brett wickheiser who's now i saw the uh the i guess he's the national champion now uh in the pattern world showed up to our field he was six or seven years old up there north of houston and and just started flying and uh you know he's he's doing great of course he's a he's an airline pilot now too if i remember wow. correctly but you know, it is a it is a gateway drug into the world of aviation, but it also really reinforces the history and it reinforces what actually happened during World War II because you can't build one of these things without doing a little research. And so uh, for the parents who are listening, I always mention this because it, it's so true. You cannot build one of these things without reading and without understanding the engineering drawings behind it. Now, it's gotten easier, and I want to talk to you about that, but... 
you know, in the past, you really had to kind of dive into this stuff. And everybody talks about, you know, science, technology, engineering, and math, and even the art component of it. All of that is in model aviation, and people just kind of overlook it. Talk to me about that uh, for just a second. Yeah, uh, I tell you, it, it's amazing. Back when <clears throat> uh, I remember my dad getting me into the flying part of it, uh, that was still uh, back when what you call the the old school guys <laughs> right. still building airplanes, you know, out of kits, and yeah. those those were amazing. To, and I mean, the, just just amazing what those guys could build and produce and do out of a box of sticks was incredible you know they those guys you, you talk about real artists and i mean just amazing craftsmanship on these planes you know bb weber the uh, owner of bomber field the, the aircraft that he built and all of his friends i, I mean the first time I, I walked out there i i <laughs> i was absolutely blown away i said these started out as kits and my dad was like yeah these guys i mean you, you cannot believe the hours the time the effort the research they did to build them scale like was just just mind blowing that, uh, and that was back then. I mean, it's, 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 it's amazing what these guys can still do. And, you know, the building has gone away a little bit through the years due to, you know, a little bit more, uh, ARF type kits, almost ready to fly that you put together when heck. but there's still some guys out there doing it. And I've, I've got the utmost respect for those guys because they have got patience and, I, I mean, it, it's amazing what they can build. It, it truly, it truly, those, those guys, they really deserve a hats off to them for, for doing what they're doing. That That's, that's pretty awesome. B.B. Weber, who's actually been on this show before he passed away, wow. uh, you know, built uh, the, the, the large part of Houston and the, and the metropolitan area of Houston, including the Astrodome. I uh, had wow. a big concrete company uh, and heavy construction company, built a lot of roads and whatnot. And then he fell in love with the B-17. He'd always had this, this fascination with the B-17. And so he started out building RC B-17s, big ones, 10, 11-foot wingspan uh, were some of the first ones that he built. And he needed a place to fly them. So when you own a, a heavy construction company, you go out and you find some land on the Katy Prairie and you, you build what today is now Bomber Field. And back in the day, he had this huge control tower, uh, all kind of crazy stuff out there. But, you know, you were talking about the kits that he would build. And I know you remember back when he was still building the Bear You'd walk yes. out there, and you'd look at that thing, and, and you know, B.B., just you talk about patience. He was such a hard worker, but he would say, well, yeah, you know, this is, he'd bring it out in that box truck that he had, remember? And he'd, he'd yep. show, and it looked like toothpicks and, you know, and, and popsicle sticks. The planking and the sheeting on that thing alone was just incredible. I mean, this was, I can't remember now. I, I want to say the bear was, it was, it was huge. I, he donated it, if my memory serves me correctly. Uh, down there to the uh, Lone Star Flight Museum, which is now well, actually, in Houston, I think. Actually, what's amazing about it, that airplane, for the for the time that he built it, it actually has a 29-foot wingspan. Yeah, there you go, 29 feet. It is unbelievably huge. And the the crazy thing about it, uh, still to this day, what what's wild, do you know that that Russian bear is still hanging in the Quonset hut at Bomber Field? Well, I thought it went to Lone Star, but it's still no, hanging there. Oh, no, it's the set. Well, 
it's a little bit sad, uh, you know, that it's been hanging there for so long. Uh, it's, it's amazing to see, but the elements have gotten to it, you know, and the wings are kind of sagging on it, and it's, it's been hanging there for so long. It's been kind of interesting talking to the guys in the, the club, asking them about it, asking the family, and it, it's been interesting. I don't think that, that his family wants to get rid of the plane yet. Some of the guys have offered to, like, restore it and this yeah. and that. It's been. It's just been kind of interesting. Uh, That'll be a Barry project someday. I was going to get to him next. <laughs> it Barry is. Huge, yeah, Barry Raver. Well, yeah. it is. It be a huge project, but God, that plane is just. If you walk underneath it and just look at what they did to build it, the custom robot retracts that are in that thing that are one of a kind. I mean, absolutely amazing. Uh, what 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 he did, and just I've still got some old VHS tapes of oh, him. Oh yeah. Flying. Thank I was there for the maiden flight, and I remember. You remember Tommy Jackamamie? He came screaming in in his cub, and they were everybody was hollering. You know, there was an airplane. Of course, you know, BB didn't didn't even care. Keith was flying the airplane back then, and uh, just made a phenomenal landing with it. I mean, so many people that used to come out there uh, that 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 really uh, inspired a great number of people to continue this, including yourself. And now, as a result of of all those years out there. You've taken the show on the road, and I think BB would have just loved uh, what you guys are doing there with the Texas Warbird Thunder team. You're bringing the fun back to all of this, and uh, and you're flying. You're 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 taking the Joe Pastor school of thought. I think on the senior at least. See, oh, I tell yeah. you, and senior was amazing to watch. <laughs> he was a great inspiration. Always flying his giant bud nosing P fifty one thing called Hurry Home Honey. I loved watching him do that. You know, one of the most uh, amazing things to me, I was so honored. Um, I, I was a fairly new pilot, but I had got to flying and, you know, had gotten better and been going to Bomberfield with my dad. I had B.B. Weber came up to me one day. I was in the pits working on something, and he said, Randy, is that your little P-51 Mustang there? And I said, yes, sir, it is. And he goes, would you come up and fly some top cover for me when I fly my P-17? And I looked at him and said, I said, me? He said, yeah. He goes, I think you're a pretty good pilot, and I think you could probably keep from crashing into me. And I said, okay, I'd love to. So I was so honored that he picked me, one of the ones out of the crowd, to come up there and fly them because you know how they were really, really, they were trying to be really careful with the B-17s because all the time, effort, money into them. They didn't want just anybody up there accidentally running into them or whatever. So I was so honored when, uh, you know, he asked me that, and that just – you know, lit a fuse under me. Okay, I want to. I want to build some big stuff too, and that's kind of how my dad, you know, got me into it because he was all into warbirds too, all of his airplanes, and that just kind of got the ball rolling there. But yeah, it was. I was honored, still am to this day. I'll never forget him asking me that. That was really cool. Really yeah, when, cool. When BB asked you anything, you had to say yes. I mean, he was just. <laughs> a, he was that kind of a guy, you know, and it's certainly a huge, a huge, uh, you know, a huge mentor in my own life. And uh-huh. just a great guy, but let let's get into uh, yeah. let's get into what you guys are doing today because you go all around. You've got uh, we're recording this uh, the first actually of August, and uh-huh. uh, this weekend coming up is the, the the Livingston flying with that crazy guy up there named Larry Holtman who's still building and flying airplanes. And, he uh, is what a cranking. Guy. You bet you. Now the Livingston uh, event coming up this weekend, their uh, uh, summer warbird sizzle. They call it, yeah, that's, you know, the Texas Warbird Thunder group of guys that we started uh, years ago, that was that was a kind of a fun, interesting little get-together. I, I was actually at Bomber Field 
it hadn't it had that group hadn't even been thought about and i was uh trying to get a yellow aircraft japanese zero that i was flying i was trying to get it started and this big guy looks over at me from the pits there and he, he kind of smiles he goes you need some help with that and i said sure do you have a big starter and he walked over well that was greg yancey oh um, i know who this guy was and you know he goes oh, let, let me let me let me get you get this thing started and we'll get it up in there and from that point on, me and him started laughing and had such a good time. You know, we started flying together, and we were sitting at an event one day and talking and just mentioned, like, you know, it would be really fun to start a group of guys that were, you know, all Warbird pilots that, that traveled to events and that, you know, all know how to fly pretty well together, good group of guys that get along really good, and, and you know, go to all these events and have some fun. And we were kicking around ideas and names, and I can't remember which one of us said it, but one of us said, how about we call it the Texas Warbird Thunder Flying Team? Okay, that sounds great. And uh, just kind of snowballed from there. Greg went and had some T-shirts made and some hats, and we started doing that, picked out some guys that we thought would be fun that, that we knew could actually kind of fly together in formation and and try to, you know, put on a fun show and, and have a great time with everybody. And little did we know it was going to blow up from there and, and get as big and fun as it is. And we, we, ha- we do travel all around Texas. I think at the peak of uh, the times that we were going to the shows, we were hitting 16 or 17 RC shows every year. And, and that was a lot. I, you know, I was like every other weekend or so we were going somewhere, whether it was Texas, Louisiana, and, uh, it, it just, it was so much fun. These guys, uh, we, we've really had a great time and it's, it's just turned into something amazing. It really has. I used to love going out on the road with BB and Carol Thomas and yeah. John and we had, we had quite a group back then, Bob Buckby and Luigi Wolf and all these guys would, and, and, and ladies would travel together and uh, and go to these shows that that are all over the state and of course uh, Louisiana and all over the and you see this happening all over the country still uh, with certain clubs and whatnot and it's just fantastic back in the day the guys uh, that that everybody wanted to join uh, were down in McAllen Texas and uh, boy oh, oh my the goodness Texas group guys yeah. yeah boy weren't they something I mean huh? you remember the day and I I think you shared this and it got me it, this is when I said I got to have Randy on. I'll I'll never forget the day that uh, that you and Rick and I guess it was uh, was it Bob Buckby Bob Buckby yes yeah sir. everybody everybody ran out there with those F seven Fs and my goodness that was that was something to watch. Well, what was what was crazy is my dad had just had and y'all probably remember if you're in the RC community Stinger Wallace. Oh yeah. My dad had just had Stinger Wallace test fly his F7F Tiger Cat. It was a Mod Air Industries big one with a pair of G62s. And they didn't build and, very many of those because, from what I remember, Mod Air only made a few of those. And then, the, you know, it like so many things in the RC business, the kit company disappears. But yeah, but he yeah. Had, that was a gorgeous airplane. Beautiful plane. Yeah. My dad did in the Black Knight fighter version. But Bob Bugby had one and Rick Michelina. And what was amazing is that at that event at Bomber Field, it's the first time that three of them had showed up and were, were able to fly together. They were like, oh, God, we got to get you guys in the air together. 
And my dad turns and looks at me. Now, remember, I'm, I'm okay. I'm at that point. I'm, I'm pretty decent with flying, but he looks at me and he goes, Randy, he goes, I, I want you to fly with these guys. He goes, I'm, I, I, I would trust you doing it more than me. So will you, so he kind of put me on the spot. And, I'm and like, had you flown the airplane yet at that point? Never. No, never. come on. Not flown. The, <laughs> no, it, it, it had only been test flown by Stinger Wallace. And oh that was, my gosh. I, I said, are you sure, Dad? I said, I'll be gentle with it. He said, yeah, yeah, take it. You're, you'll be fine. So, of course, I'm sweating it, and you got the bomber field, thousands of people behind you watching, and, you know, the, all cameras are on you. And, I, you know, it's like, okay, keep my fingers crossed. Come on, don't start shaking thumbs. And, and, and it actually turned out fantastic. The fun thing about it, we all got up, flew together, and still to this day, that stands as the only time three of those have ever been together, giant scale ones at Bomberfield, and got to fly together. And these are and big watched, airplanes, 10 feet across? Either, these are, I think they had a 120-inch wingspan, if I remember correctly, somewhere in that end. But, but the crazy thing is I've still got the VHS tape, and if you watch it, I let, you know, Bob Buckby landed, uh, Rick Michelin landed, and I told my dad, I said, Dad, it's acting a little funny. Something's a little wrong with it. He says, well, get it down on the ground. So brought it around and fortunately landed it, went out into the grass, and when I turned it back at us, the left aileron had broken off and was just hanging there by the linkage. Wow. And I said, well, I said, it flies good on one aileron, and he just laughed at me, and he was like, man, I'm sure glad you were flying it because he said I might have wiped it out, but – that was so much fun, and that was th- those are those are memories that you know just won't forget. Those those guys were great. You know, Rick Michelin is still around, and that his airplane, his Tiger Cat, is still around. But I I don't know what happened to Bob Buckby or his plane. I haven't heard anything about them in years. So yeah, and my Bob, dad, Bob started flying, you know, big airplanes, and okay. and I don't know whatever happened to his stuff. But uh, yeah, I used to run into him at the airport. Uh, and my every dad, once in a while. Yeah. yeah. My dad's big tiger cat, uh, when he decided to sell off some of his planes, he sold it. I didn't even know he had sold it, and I still don't know the history of where it went to this day. So I guess maybe the last surviving one is Rick Michelinas. He sold it to a guy down in the valley, and he still got it. He posted up some pictures of it. Yeah, Rick's so. airplanes don't crash. They yeah, don't crash. Yeah. He, P-47's 30 years old, whatever he's got, he's got it all. Hang out with us uh, just for a second. got to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with Randy Larson right after this. Lock and load. This is Warbird Radio. Tune in. Take off. This is Warbird Radio. We're talking to Randy Larson. He is the, uh, well, the ringleader for the Texas Warbird Thunder team. And they, uh, they're they an RC group uh, based in Texas, as you might guess. And they go all over the, really all over the region down there, flying RC airplanes. We're talking about Giant scale warbirds on this episode of Warbird Radio. I'm just glad to have you here, Randy. Bomberfield, such a huge place. Uh, the the summer sizzle in Livingston is is unlike anywhere else. I remember the first time I went to that field, the owner had a, a Rottweiler that looked like a Shetland pony, <laughs> and the thing was sort of loping across the flying field. And I remember <laughs> remember Larry Haltman looked at me and he's like, "Don't worry, it's it's pretty friendly." And I'm flying, and I'm thinking the whole time that I'm flying, I'm going, you know, if this dog runs at, you know, I'm, it's over, yeah. right? Like it is over. Had uh, <laughs> had one of uh, old Char- Mr. Charlie's airplanes up in the air uh, from Cut and Shoot, Texas, that we were test flying up there. But uh, yeah, what a great, what a great place. And they embrace the heat. I remember when they started this out, Larry was like, "It's going to be hot." It's <laughs> July, and it's in Livingston. They just embrace it, <laughs> which I, I think is funny, you know. <laughs> and you know. 
what's really nice about them is, uh, especially on like this event, they know, and they're really looking out for the pilots. They're like, guys, look, you know, we're going to make sure that we got water there for you guys. Uh, we're we're going to make, we want to make sure that you guys, they, they really look after everybody a lot better than used to, you know, put out ice chests with water and for everybody to use and take and, snow cone machine there and stuff but they're they're really yeah what can you do here it is summer in texas and i mean the forecast for the next week and a half is 100 to 105 degrees with no rain in the forecast so we just either gotta put up with it and go do it and have some fun take breaks and just just have a great time but livingston is a lot of fun i i really enjoy that club those guys uh when we first took the Texas Warbird Thunder guys out there, uh, I guess it's been about three years ago, Larry Holt was like, guys, I got to get y'all, all of us to come. I want to show these guys. I The response was incredible. The, the, some of the guys, you know, the older members in the club were like, we cannot believe what you guys do, how y'all fly together in formation and the, all the planes at the same time and y'all take off together and you land together and you do this. and do it. They were just absolutely floored and larry was like yeah see i wanted them to to see what it was really like but they they were so appreciative and and just so happy and the the people that showed up the spectators had an absolute ball they actually put it in the newspaper Uh, they had some folks come out that advertised it and i mean it got a huge response also so i think that really boosted their club and generated some new membership for them and hopefully some of the younger crowd and and we had a ball had an absolute ball they put on a great show there they really do i got my start announcing air shows in the model world and of Uh course it's led to you know what i'm doing today but i i i I look back on it and i and i think about everyone uh whose life you know whose life was really touched in in a big way uh by this hobby and and it's so so important if you if you've got someone uh, that that is really interested in aviation. I'm telling you, this is a phenomenal way to get involved in it. And you know, my mother and dad had a huge, you know, huge part in my life. And and I'm not I'm not saying anything about that, but there is a community here that is a true untapped resource. And if you have someone who a young person who's interested in this in aviation, you've got to get them involved because you can you can tell them all you want about how important you know, the math and the sciences behind this stuff. But if you throw them in to this <laughs> hobby, they're yeah. going to figure it out because they have to, uh, to be yeah. successful. So guys like Randy and Larry, all these people that we're talking about today, this is a built-in community of, of folks who are willing and ready to help. If someone wants to get involved uh, in this, how do they do it, Randy? Well, I tell you, I've, I've been a member of the club. I live down here in uh, Wimberley, Texas, and I've been a member of the club in Austin for over 30 years, Austin Radio Control Association. And I was actually one of their uh, their uh, pilots that would uh, teach anybody that came in for years. And I, I tell you what, that was always a lot of fun for me. I, I live about 50 miles from the field, and that time when I was flying, I had two jobs, so I was trying the best I could and, and trying to teach, but that that was a great time any of the local clubs like that like livingston bomber field arca that where we are any of these local clubs around texas if you go to them uh whatever area that you might be in uh, just go up to them introduce yourself and say listen i'm really interested and i want to learn to fly like austin radio control association has a a group of designated uh pilots that'll teach you how to 
uh, fly planes and they have their own bank of airplanes uh, that are ready to go. So somebody can actually show up to the club and right off the bat, first time they come out, they can put them up in the air and just uh, on a buddy box system and uh, allow them to, to see, you know, the, kind of set the hook and get them, get them interested in like, yeah, this is great. I do want to try this. So that's, that's how you really need to do it. Just go to find a local club, a hobby shop will point you in a direction or local club that you know of. Talk to some of the guys, especially on the weekends, go out there. Cause that's when a lot of the crowds show up and say, who do I need to talk to about getting into this? And they'll point you towards one of the, the flight instructors, trainers at the club, and we'll get you going. Cause it's, I tell you, it's, it is a fantastic. There, there's so many uh, clubs that you know that as the generations go on and guys get older, need some fresh folks in there to keep up the traditions and the, the flying and stuff going. So anybody we can get interested in it. That's what these events are so great for too. I love that they advertise events and uh, go to the hobby shops and try to put them on radio stations or in the local news. Cause it really does attract some attention of the younger crowd. Like, hey dad, let's go see that. And that hopefully will snowball into them getting into it. And like you said, possibly down the road, get them into a career of aviation. I mean, it all it works out great for everybody along the way. So yeah, that's, sure does. yes, it really does. A, and I, I want to ask you about the buy-in right now, because if they want to get into the warbird stuff, What's a good budget? I mean, I mean, realistic here. If you've already got a radio, because today nobody buys a new transmitter, right? I mean, they just uh -huh. connect one to the space shuttle if you wanted to. But what, what do you, what are you talking about? Airplane, engine, receiver, servo, all of that stuff. What, what's it take to get into a Warbird these days? Now, is, is are you asking like for a giant scale? Yeah, one for or? a giant, so something that that would be comparable to what you guys are flying. If someone's listening to this, what do they need Bro to budget for realistically? Probably somewhere, uh, you know, if you bought everything brand new, say a, a 50 to 60 size Warbird from any of the local vendors, like a, an almost ready to fly kit, uh, your, your ready to fly kits range anywhere from about $600 to about $1,000, depending on what you buy. The engines vary anywhere from 250 to 500 dollars. If you go gasoline, now if you want to fly electric, uh, those motors are a little bit less expensive. You can do that. Uh, the retracts, if you want to run retractable landing gear that's air powered, those range about 250 to 300 dollars. Um, you know, all your all your basic accessories. If if you wanted to step into a giant scale Warbird with everything brand new realistically you're going to spend about 1500 to 2000. dollars That's 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 realistically to get if you had to buy a radio, all your radio gear, your servos, your engine, uh the airplane itself, any other accessories that go with it, retracts, it's going to wind up costing about that. Now a lot of people look at that and go, "Wow, that's a, that is a a lot of money." It 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 is, you know, for a giant scale airplane, that's about average of what they are. You can get into the smaller ones for less expensive, but I would, I think me me personally, I tend to enjoy the little bit bigger ones because they seem to fly better. They're a little more stable in the air. Uh, they're a little easier to, to work on, you know, rather than the smaller ones and stuff. But but anybody getting into the hobby, uh, there's smaller Warbirds you can buy, too. The electric foamy ones that are out there, you can buy the airplane, radio, electric gear for, you know, maybe maybe four or $500 for the smaller ones. But realistically, 1500 to $2,000 for 
uh, like say a giant scale P51 that you want to fly somewhere in that area, just depending on what you do. But, but go to the airplane shows like we're having this weekend in Livingston. There's a lot of people that sell a lot of good used stuff that you can, you can get for about half. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm looking at, I was looking at uh, Texas Warbird Thunder flying team. You have a big group on Facebook. You need to go join that group and ask, uh, ask to get in on there. Ken, uh, one of the members there has an airplane that was just calling my name. I'm looking at it right now going, oh, gosh. Remember, yeah. remember Keith Coover's Red Baron Stearman, oh. and then he had the other one, of course, uh, that I think is still around. But he has a yellow Balsa USA third-scale Stearman on there that he's uh-huh. trying to sell right now. Beautiful one airplane. For $100, I think. Yeah, 800 bucks. Yeah. yeah, that really well, needs well, to go to my workshop. <laughs> it really needs to just come out here and live with me for a while. If you, if, if everybody, you know, if you guys want to, please come and join us. Yeah. On Facebook at the, it just type in Texas Warbird Thunder flying team. We'll approve you on there. Lots of great information about, uh, where we're going, where we're flying, the events coming up. There's always stuff for sale on there. Uh, we have, we have a really good time. I'm the moderator of that page and I, I keep all the junk off of it and keep it very clean and everybody knows it's family oriented. So we, uh, it, it really has done great, and it's a great source for finding stuff and figuring out where the events are. We, we post up a schedule of all the upcoming events for the year that we're all going to try to go to. So good source of information for folks, absolutely. Well, Randy Larson, thanks for hanging out today. A lot of fun You're to have welcome. you on, bud, and I, and I hope to see you down the road here real soon uh, at a show. Thanks absolutely. again, Randy. Thank you guys so much, and thank you for what you do, Matt. Keep doing it. Randy Larson from the Texas Warbird Thunder flying team. You can find him there on Facebook and, of course, at Livingston's big Summer Sizzle RC event this weekend. It's just on the northeast side of Houston, so no matter where you're listening from, if you really want to go and sweat with the best, get on a flight and go on down there and take an airplane or buy one when you get there. It'll be a lot of fun. My thanks again to Randy. My thanks to you for listening. Be sure and like, follow, share, and subscribe to Warbird Radio to help keep us on the air free of charge, of course, and with limited ads. We sure appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you in just a few days. So long for now.